0: Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteus. Back faithful listeners, you're here for another session of Q&A with Bishop Julian, where Bishop Julian will give the answers to the questions posed by me, Javina Graham, and Jeremy Ambrose, who's right here with me. Now today, we're going to start off with a curly one for Bishop Julian. Bishop Julian, I think there is a, there's a subtle sign that we see on buildings around Sydney and, and all sorts of places. It's a reference to Freemasonry, and to be honest, I don't really know much about it. Can you tell us what is Freemasonry?
1: Yes, you do see these halls, don't you, with the, the symbol, of the, uh, the Masonic symbol, and they call the Masonic Hall. A sign that uh, Freemasonry has been uh, quite present in in uh, Australian society. And at the present moment, there's a bit of a question about it, I think in the minds of a lot of Catholics, is it acceptable or not? But firstly, I think it is important to have some understanding of Freemasonry. Probably the first thing to say is that Freemasonry is a secret society so as such outsiders don't know a great deal about what actually happens um, within Freemasonry and in fact within Freemasonry there are very strict rules Um, people have to make very solemn pledges never to reveal anything at all that takes place uh, in, in the Masonic meetings so there is firstly this um secrecy that surrounds it Um, freemasonry itself and the symbols that you see on the on the top of a uh, masonic hall remind us of the the very curious origins of uh freemasonry because it is actually a society of free masons masons of course were stone masons, people who built uh, stone buildings. And really it can be traced back as a guild to, to the time in the, uh, in European history when the great cathedrals were built. And, and often these guilds were there to, almost like trade unions of uh, masons to protect standards and, and so on. And, and also they, the guilds often had customs and practices associated with them to distinguish those who were actual members of the guild. Um, And so this is where you have certain practice, you often hear about the Masonic handshake and things like this. It was a way in which those who were part of this guild could identify each other as, in those days, it was like a trade union to say that I am a a properly trained and uh, authenticated mason, if you like. Now, somehow, and, and, and it really happened in England, uh, many centuries later, somehow this guild uh, transmorphed, if you like, uh, changed into becoming a secret society which developed a whole range of beliefs and customs and practices. Um, firstly, it, it was based on the, uh, on the idea of Christianity because those who were involved in it came out of a Christian background but they changed a the number of elements of, of traditional Christianity. So, for instance, God is called the great, great architect. <clears throat> so it's not so much a personal God that we would believe in as, as Catholics. <clears throat> they, they often speak um, and, and refer to the teachings of Christ in various ways, and so there's always been a, a certain morality uh, associated with uh, Freemasonry and a and sense of... Um, correct moral attitudes and, and so on but the interesting thing was these were divorced from the person of christ and you never they will never refer to jesus himself they might refer to a particular teaching of christ and say we should live by this particular teaching so what they've done is they've, they've taken elements of christianity that they see as valuable and helpful but move them away from the church and move them away from the person of Christ and and indeed the person of God, God himself. And they would largely see themselves as somehow above um, normal religion and feel themselves a more superior expression. Uh, In some ways they might see themselves as a purer expression of religion than that which is found in in Christianity and particularly found in Catholicism. So, uh, they they've also have a range of um, practices that often um, mimic uh, Christianity. So there there are various rituals. That, for instance, there's a, there's a sort of a baptismal rite that they have. They use water and things like this. But all the time, it's it's they've taken what we understand as Christians and they've they've changed it to their own purposes and and, and their own ends. So, <clears throat> Freemasonry particularly became a a secret society that obviously was not just restricted to masons, but was open to, to uh, various people. Who that it became a um, society that people could then get advance in business, um, advance in, in in politics, perhaps in various areas. If you belonged to the the Freemasonry, it often gave you entree into particular positions and so, and, and so often Freemasons got looked after their own, if you like. Now you can't come along and just join the Freemasons, you have to be asked to join and then when you are asked to join, um, even initially it may seem very simple and nothing wrong, but as you advance through various phases of of Freemasonry, it becomes more and more Serious, if you like, and um, and basically, uh, I think people can actually become quite captured by by this society, and and certainly uh, to leave the society is very very difficult, and sometimes can be actually dangerous. So the, the, this is something. Again, we don't know a huge amount about it because of the level of secrecy involved in Freemasonry, but this is basically the origins and the nature of of Freemasonry. So Bishop Julian, I mean, hypothetically speaking, I mean this concept of a secret
0: society sometimes it can sound, you know, attractive to the individual. So me, and as I said hypothetically speaking Bishop Julian, but me as a Catholic, what happens if I wanted to be a Mason? What would you say to me?
1: Now there's there's a little bit of confusion uh, in the minds of many Catholics at the present moment because Firstly, Pope Leo Thirteenth, at the end of the the 19th century wrote a very, very strong letter condemning Freemasonry. It was a very, very thorough and very clear letter to say no Catholic can ever belong to the Freemasons. In fact, it was considered so serious it said you cannot receive Holy Communion and you're actually going to be excommunicated from the Church. So that the Pope took a very strong position to say that there's no no compatibility between Freemasonry and, and Catholicism, and in fact it would be really joining it, was a serious threat to Catholic faith. And this was enshrined then in the Code of Canon Law, which the, the, the prior to the new code, the, the the previous code was in 1917, and there was a particular code that said that Catholics cannot join The the Freemasons to come become Mason. However, in the um, in the revision of the code of canon law, which was carried out, and and the new code came out in I think in nineteen eighty three, that particular um, uh, code in the code of canon law didn't specifically refer to um, Freemasonry. I just said that Catholics should not join religions which are in or organizations which are inimical to the Catholic faith, you see, or oppose the Catholic faith in some way. So, people, some people took from that the idea that the church has kind of softened its stand, and, and the church has said that uh, you could actually um, join the Freemasons. And there was a lot of debate about this, and I know many people were uncertain. Uh, of this and and finally um questions were placed um to the congregation uh for the doctrine of the faith which at that stage was headed by cardinal ratzinger now pope benedict the 16th and uh, <clears throat> as a result of of inquiry and and reflection the response came back to say in the negative no a catholic cannot um, belong to freemasonry and what was stated before by Pope Leo XIII still stands, even though the Code of Canon Law doesn't specifically include it, include Freemasonry by name, uh, to say you cannot join it. So the current position is, in the Church is, is, is quite clear to say that no Catholics should join um, the Masons.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Um, I think probably for me, being a woman, I was never going to be allowed to join the Masons. Is that right? That
1: is correct. Okay. Yes, it's 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 an organisation just for men.
0: Okay. So I'm wondering now. I know there are Masonic clubs around where which are kind of like RSL clubs in some areas. Is it okay for Catholics to go to these places and patronise them if they're just eating dinner or? having a drink at the bar or
1: playing the pokies? Well, the, these these are, are, are clubs and so they largely operate, I think, on the same principle as, as a Catholic club or a RSL or, or a <clears throat> some other uh, football club. Um, and so at, at one level you could say you, if, if you wanted to go along and have a meal or take part in something, that would be okay. Um, obviously, um, I, I suppose my own view would be that um, because of what freemasonry stands for i would probably say i would prefer not to patronize such clubs not that i think there would be any danger to us in doing it but i would generally say that um, what freemasonry stands for and what it's um, really in in its essence what it's about is something which is quite unacceptable uh, to me as a catholic and it really is quite opposed to Catholicism, so my view would be we should not... uh, No, I I wouldn't go. There are plenty of other clubs (laughs) (laughs) that we could go to, uh, and I'd probably recommend not going to that club. Okay.
0: Well, what an interesting insight, a rare insight, into a very secret society. Thank you very much, Bishop Julian.
1: Fine, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Jeremy, we come to that part of our... um, Our our program, when we look at particularly interesting curiosities, um, little did you know's about the Catholic faith. I'm looking forward to it, Bishop. And I've got a really interesting this is, I find this quite fascinating. You know, when we talk about creation and the universe, we're really struck by the harmony and order that exists. And I often feel that's one of the greatest witnesses to the creative plan and intention of God, that God is behind creation, it's not just haphazardly unfolding by evolution, but the hand of God is very clearly there, and sometimes it's in discovering particular expressions of the extraordinary balance and harmony of nature that highlight just how extraordinary God is. So one example that uh, maybe I'd like to offer that uh, I found quite uh, fascinating was the fact that... Uh, I want to talk about the hatching of eggs. The hatching of eggs. For example, the first one may seem a bit funny, but there's a, a little potato bug that's, that hatches in seven days. The egg uh, incubates for seven days. A canary hatches after 14 days. The barnyard hen, the normal hen we know, hatches after 21 days ducks and geese hatch after 28 days a mallard in 35 days and a parrot an ostrich in 42 days so they're all seems to be a pattern somewhere there there's a pattern and the pattern is the number seven wow every one of those different, and, and they start off small and they get larger and larger, but they're all multiples of seven. And of course, you also think that, um, as the scripture talks about, the seven days mm. of creation. And I think it's just a, a curiosity, but it's sort of wonder. It does expand your sense of wonder about the universe, that there is this order, all multiples of seven, that uh, eggs hatch. Wow.
0: Thank you,
1: Bishop Julian.
0: And thank you so very much for another great session of Q&A with Bishop Julian. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteus. For more episodes, visit radio.org.